podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Some of the topics are addiction, fear, faith, self-compassion, relationships, codependency, emotional intelligence, and more. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Spiritual joy is a state of the heart and the soul. It is produced when the heart and the soul unite in the service of a greater good, such as the unfolding of the divine plan on the planet. It creates within the person a sense of contentment, acceptance, and serenity. A deep knowing that whatever might happen, it will all be for the highest good and the greatest good according to divine decree. SpiritualLibrary.com My guest today is Joy Reeser. She's an author, Joyful Wares, spiritual director, ordained minister. She's the author of the lovely books Going Joy and Alphabetical Adventure, Going Joy, Venture to Your Center, and Designed to Shine. Joy Reeser loves that she's healed into her birth name, beyond wounds that kept her hiding from life. She shines in Western North Carolina, writing books that inspire readers, serves clients as their spiritual mentor, adventures with her partner Michael, and hula hoops in some beams. Here is the interview with Joy Reeser. In your own words, who is Joy Reeser? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I am a lovely person who radiates joy. Everyone feels it. I'm the author of inspiring books for almost any person who would be uplifted by them. And I adore serving clients as their spiritual mentor. And I'm a child of God who wrote in my journal for years, every single day, a prayer to become the joy I am created to be. Mm. Ah, thank you. Before we begin to talk about joy and your lovely work about joy, um, I have a few general questions, as I mentioned before. What is your definition of joy? And how is joy different from happiness and pleasure? 
My definition of joy is that it is a natural state within us. I would say it is part of our spark of divinity that is in us. And um, it's deeper and different for me that I see happiness or pleasure as more fleeting emotions that happen when from an external source, like the happiness I have whenever I see a bluebird <laughs> or the happiness I have when I wake up early enough to catch sunrise. But the joy in me is always there. I never have a bad day. And that is not to say that if a crisis happened and for someone I loved, I would grieve and feel very sad, but it likely wouldn't make my day ruined because I appreciate every day in life. And I'm unbelievably happy that and filled with joy because for years I lived from the neck up. I was not grounded inside my body. Wow. It makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, mind and heart. I'm just wondering, when you say that joy, you describe it as something that is always there. It's almost like this reason to celebrate life no matter what. And But you're saying that there's still space, room for grief, for sadness. Would you say also other states of mind like depression, anxiety, anger? It probably depends on the individual. I think that for myself, Valeria, I have I have a very large container to hold anything. And it has grown like years ago when I I was so tight in my body and in my mind and I would get into overwhelm rather easily. Things would overwhelm me, emotions would overwhelm me, but I believe that as I have continued to evolve and expand my consciousness, my container it has become larger so that I could I could hold, you know, something that made me sad. I could hold a whole lot of different emotion in the same day. I don't think depression, time will tell, but I don't think that I can become a depressed person because of the way I care for myself through my the food I eat, through the exercise I get, through my purpose in life. I, I think that depression can arrive for people who are depressing their natural urge, you know, their spirit, like they're, they're not, perhaps I know my mother had depression and I believe it's likely because my dad was a verbal abuser and my mother could never do everything right for him. And she wasn't living her own purpose, you know, other than being, she was a good mother in a way, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I like what you said very much about this space. There is so much space within you that it can hold anything. Yes, that I've grown as a container because it isn't exactly me. I mean, I'm a I'm a child of divinity. I am 
you know, an aspect of God and I have all this space inside me. I don't have clutter inside me anymore. I'm not holding anything that I know of that I need to heal, although I understand that healing, my healing will be a foreverness. I just believe like this woman recently heard me on a podcast. She reached out to me. She wanted to have a phone call and she was sharing with me things that she had never shared with anyone. And she said, you know, I'm sorry to put this on you to give you this. And I said, oh my, I said, I can receive whatever a person needs to say, but it does not define me or affect me for the rest of the day. I hear them. I give response that comes to me through me and how to support them and love them, but I'm not going to be down because of what they shared with me. I don't take it on like that. I think I've, I've become, I have boundaries. <laughs> wow. Um, there's a question that I wanted to ask you later on. That is about uh, losing people we love and death. But this is the moment it feels like. What is death to you? What is the meaning of death? Mm, I see death as a transition from one state of being to another. I carried for years a fear of dying and I no longer have it. I believe that any day is a good day to die because I am fully living, loving, serving people. And I don't have any fear that my life might end. I do know that when my mother-in-law passed, I felt the deepest grief I had ever felt. And that is because I had such a good relationship with her. I think that the more, the deeper we love, the deeper our grief might be when we lose that person. And yet, in a way, I understand now that they're not lost. They simply opened a different door and they are right next door where everything I can't see lives. That is where everyone has who has passed from my life is. Right. Wow. Where can we go? Right. Where everything is like everything's here um, now. That they are just opened another door, and that door is right here. Yes, I've read about that more and more. Um, people crossing over, and then you know, there are many people who have had those um, near death ND near death NDEs. I think near death experience. They come back and they talk about those kinds of things. Um, what is another word for life? <sighs> Energy, spirit essence. I think of life as all of those things. Oh, wow. So you connect life to the spirit, um, energy, um, soul. So it's here now again. Yeah. I don't like living in my understanding that everything is living. I mean, I had a relationship with a rock yeah. <laughs> when I grew up. <laughs> That's great. Do you remember? Yeah, I don't know if you read that first book, Valerie, but 
um, Elephant Rock Reminisces is a poem that came to me about the rock's consciousness of having me running to it to climb up onto it. <laughs> that is so amazing, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, who is God to you? Let me, that question just came to mind now. Um, who and where is God? Um, divinity. I, I call God variously different things, source, divinity, God. But when I, in 2011, divinity visited me and what that was, we were communicating without words and God said to me that he was the all. And the all taught me that separation is an illusion, that everything is in everything else. And so God to me is in me, around me, in everything, um, everywhere. It's a loving energy. Right. What is the opposite of love? What comes to me is disconnection. It's separation. Mm -hmm. Separation. If you take love out of a way, there is separation. What is the mind and what are thoughts? <laughs> oh, wow. Um, see, I understand the mind as a very expanded entity that the mind is universal mind and that I receive great ideas. My own thoughts are, they arise, they are varied. I am pretty sure that my mind is way quieter of thoughts than it used to be and that there's just more space within my thoughts to receive divine everything ideas support for example like i don't i don't have worry thoughts like people who worry i don't but i used to be a completely different person i have evolved so much um so that i know that years ago i was creating a negative life because of my thoughts i believe our thoughts create our reality and that i would have thoughts about the next car accident I was going to get into. Well, I had four of them in a very short time. I learned to have better thoughts. And, <laughs> you know, I don't have fear thoughts. And if, if a fear thought came into me, if I was in a bad part of town, I would have that one fear thought. And then I would ask for divine support mm, guidance right guidance ask for angels to be with me i feel afraid i would not have very many fear thoughts before i was asking for heavenly support right would you say this is one um, method that we can use to select or to direct our thoughts to a healthier place or yeah, I would recommend it that, you know, to have people who are having many repeated thoughts that are not helpful, that are of worry or, yeah, worry about a future, you know, that is not helpful. But to have a thought, like before you go on a trip, if you had a thought, oh my gosh, the plane's going to crash, 
you would need to discern, is it time to cancel that trip? I know that in my own life, years ago, I felt like I heard a voice that said, don't go. I was getting on the highway. Joy was going to interview a woman named Faith at our sister church. But I was not grounded in my body. I was a perfectionist. I felt I had to go to that interview. And so I said a prayer for protection, went to that interview, and a few blocks from there, that's when my car was rear-ended, sent through a green light, totaled. I learned to listen to my intuition. And I, that day, I had chalked it up to fear in my mind, which really wasn't true. It was, it was some kind of support telling me not to go. Yeah, you know, that whoever, wherever that came from, they knew this accident was going to happen. Wow, <laughs> so fear, anxiety, it could be depression, all these states of mind, they all are signs. They're trying to tell us something. Would you say that or? Yes, that mess, we get messages. I believe that, that our bodies our minds or the universal mind through us, our thoughts, oh, signs on the road. I mean, I am highly, I've always been highly awake to messages. And even before I was grounded inside myself to the ways that I am now, I was living in such synchronicity of having a thought and then running into that person or that book, um, I have long lived a very synchronistic <laughs> life. I've enjoyed it. I have um, thanked God for that. I mean, I am a very happy camper living in a, a very aligned life with divinity. You mentioned intuition, guidance from angels or the universe or divinity itself. How do we know the difference between intuition and beliefs? Hmm, that's a beautiful question. I would guess that each person needs to discern this within themselves because I know that those years ago when I, it really was guidance or intuition and I perceived it as fear of driving where I hadn't driven. So I think what I understand, Valeria and listeners, is that as we continue to grow and heal and evolve in our own lives, we can better discern where messages are coming from within us. Because I know now that if I was getting on a highway <laughs> and, I, mm. and I heard, don't go, I would turn around. I feel like that was a very clear, it was a very clear message, but I misinterpreted it. You know, I think that communication is, can be tricky. It's how we interpret it, how we perceive it, how we resonate or not with it. Like that reminds me of, I don't know how many of us have heard of the medical medium books. But they have you, Valeria? No, no, I have okay. not. Well, it's um, a man who 
when he was four, he heard a voice that said, go to the end of the table and put your hand on your grandmother's chest and say the words lung cancer. And this man has been spoken to every day of his life. He is now a New York Times bestseller of very healing books. And I know a number of people who are following his dietetic protocols and they're able to heal their chronic illnesses. And I know a woman who will not look at those books. The little bit that she read about him turned her off, you know? And so the beliefs we have, then what I know, and that leads me to name that I had such a strong belief against chiropractic. And that's why I unfortunately held the effects of that car accident in my body for nine years until I heard the message from a friend about chiropractic and massage. And I was able to find my way to the chiropractor. And what I say in my first book is I crossed a bridge of belief because my father was a physician and chiropractic was a swear word in my understanding. So, but what I know is that every time I have crossed a bridge of belief, (laughs) it's been really helpful to my progress. Yeah. Um, The idea of being open and being more of that space that you spoke of earlier. Yes. Being open because open, yeah. Being stuck in a belief is being closed and opening our awareness to someone else's ideas to, oh gosh, that leads me to think of also um, divine timing. What about how I pushed to get three books out in within a few years? I, I was pushing and I'm not striving or pushing any longer. I am now making space for God in my life in more ways, to not rush, to not do too many things in a day. And this allowing really allows the unfolding of beautiful things. For example, my third book, Designed to Shine, Read Aloud Rhymes for Any Size Heart, there's a second volume of it that will be coming out. And I was extremely patient to not rush that second volume. (laughs) And on three days ago, the artist from that first book agreed to illustrate the second version of that book. That makes me extremely happy. Mm, And that shows that this is the flow of your life and that's the purpose, everything's flowing. Yes, that I, I needed to wait because I felt like that second version needed her artwork again, because everyone that wrote a review so far of that book has mentioned her amazing illustrations. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's really, really beautiful. I'm in love with these books. (laughs) Thank you. I know we have been talking now about so many things, but I have one last warm-up question. And that is, what do you think the purpose of life is, of existence in a human body? 
There's a book I read every day. It's called The Way of Mastery. Have you heard of it? No, no. It is a channeled book from Jeshua Ben Joseph from Jesus of the most beautiful language. And I am learning. I, I believe in that book so much. I'm growing and changing every day, studying that book every morning. And the answer from that book that is now my answer too <laughs> is we have bodies. We are here. Our bodies are communication devices. We are here to bring love, God's love here. And, you know, what more could we ever do here than bring love to earth? God's love to earth. Wow. What is love to you? Mm -hmm. oh. <laughs> oh, gosh. It is unconditional. Well, I mean, unconditional love. There's there's all sorts of kinds of love, and we're, le we're getting towards Valentine's Day, a celebration of love. So the way I love, it depends who that, who, who that is, you know, like <laughs> yeah. I extend different uh, kinds of love to different people in my life. And I know, Valeria and listeners, that the more deeply I love myself, the more I look in the mirror into my eyes and say to myself, I love you, the more I can with ease love another. And that last week I was in Las Vegas with my partner, Michael, and my older sister had recently moved there from northern, uh, north of San Francisco. And she and I have completely different lives. And for a long time, um, I was very wounded from her, of her um, growing up. But as adults, I felt really so different from her. But the more I have changed and grown, the more I simply can love her. And I do not, I will never, it's not my work to change her. It's not my work to fix her or heal her. My only work as her little sister, or not work, my role is to love her. And I had the best visit with her I've maybe ever had. And it's only because I wasn't attached to anything other than being love to her. You know, and when she was driving me to the movie and she was saying, uh, blah, 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 she was nervous. She was nervous driving and I could just say, hey, it's all good. You could breathe. We are, we're going to be fine. We're going to find the theater because she's living in a new place. And um, I think I brought her some real goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Um, yeah, unconditional love. This is something that I write about and I talk a lot about these days. Like you mentioned before, the opposite of love is separation. So the more we separate, see others as others, we can never love them unconditionally. We've, once we see them as ourselves or God, then that's it. And also life. I extend that to life itself the experience of life. 
so many things can happen. And we, if we can just open up and, and love it all unconditionally, that might, that might be the purpose of the, the whole experience and being uh, in different bodies and s- separate beings. Yes, it might be to learn, yes, to love so that there is no separation anymore. I know. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you and I could probably talk for hours. Oh, yeah, ages. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So let's talk about your books, the the lovely messages. I have um, written here some insightful phrases that I want you to um, talk to me more about them. So your books, uh, Go, Enjoy, An Alphabetical Adventure and Designed to Shine. You send them to me and I looked at them. I just had a smile on my face, <laughs> the energy of the work. So some insightful phrases. The first one I have here, I have tons of them. This one's kind of very interesting to me. Where our attention is focused highly matters. Talk to me about that. I'm so glad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that gave me goosebumps. (laughs) We can pay attention or give our attention to a bazillion places. And once we learn more about that and we we slow down enough to understand, like if, if each of us looked at how we spend the time in our day, that would be where we're giving our attention. Then we could look at Are we giving it to what we value or are we giving our attention to what we do not value? You know, in fact, I write a monthly newsletter that you do or do not know this, Valeria, and my new one will come, comes out on the first Thursday of each month. And I'm writing the one for Thursday and the topic is, um, oh gosh, I could name it, uh, I think it's what do we value, question mark. And this is because I realized that I was in Las Vegas for a whole week last week, uh, well, the week before last, actually, because I was home for a week. But years ago, I went with my husband for three or four nights, and we had the experience we had. But when this partner of mine and I, we are both, we resonate so well together. And we are both high vibrational people bringing love. And we had a fabulous week that had so many elements in it. It's because we value, we value good food. We value nature. We value laughter. We value delicious gelato. We value, we valued doing some gambling together. We valued the shows that we saw, the time with my sister and her husband. We had a tour at Zappos. We went to the Neon Museum. Like, I don't have, I won't name everything we did in that week, but we started each morning with a spiritual practice. And what I know is My Pilates instructor said to me, Joy, you did not get caught up in that Vegas life that I got caught up when I was 23, how I was tired and hadn't drank too much. And 
stayed up till two in the morning, but you guys, like we, we got to bed by 10. We woke up, we got immediately on West Coast time. We did our spiritual practice. We are so centered and grounded and love moments that we didn't rush. Um, so I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going off on a, ta- on a tangent <laughs> That's great. here. Um, about attention. Um. Attention, yeah, where we put our attention. So we, we put it, we gave it to the bellman who brought our car. We gave it to, we gave it to the waitress. You know, we are very good at mindfully, consciously using our attention. Oh, wow. That you can be anywhere. It doesn't really make any difference. Yes. And in fact, that, (laughs) that was something I realized years ago. But when I realized, because my core wound inside, I think many of us have a core wound, perhaps. And I had, mine was that I didn't belong. And this day that I realized I belong anywhere, that was such an epiphany for me. I think that when we heal, and everyone doesn't have to have that decades-long healing journey that I had, but that's what mine, what mine was. Um, but I, I am now, I am a citizen of the earth. I can travel anywhere and be awake in the moment, loving what I'm learning and experiencing. Or, you know, if something was horrifying, hopefully I would be able to leave that moment, not to stand there being horrified because that is not um, a place I desire to stay. Yeah. Right. Wow. Um, I know you talk about balance in your books. And my question is about uh, what is to live in balance for most of us, for people who are not where you are? What would that look like? Mm, That would look different for each individual. And I, yeah, I would invite any person who desires more balance to at least take a little time apart from the hectic pace of their life and breathe into an understanding of how they could seek a little more balance. So for one person, it might mean they need to learn how to delegate within their family. Another person may need to delegate outside their family. Another person may need to stop doing so much for members of their nuclear family because their current family is suffering from the separation they feel from that individual. And they would be a more balanced person by giving a little less where they are giving. Like I think part of the um, the challenge of balance with many people is that many of us are doing what isn't ours to do. And we might be we might would benefit everybody if we would call our energies back to ourselves and seek a little more balance in our lives because balanced centered calm people can more bless the earth than frantic uh, unbalanced <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, there we go with the opposites, right? Right. <laughs> um, yeah, right, right. I don't know, Joyce. Sometimes I think that everything has the, the universe, it's such that space that we talked about that it's missing within us to be more aware of. So that space, the universe is just so enormous, we cannot even imagine. So that space can hold anything. The good, the bad, I actually don't say good or bad. I'd say um, pleasant and unpleasant because the experience in the body can be pleasant or unpleasant. But there's no really good or bad. It seems like everything is perfect as it is, but it's hard to see that when we witness uh, violence. Or, and then we perceive as as bad, as horrific, but the universe can't handle that. And also um, there is um, a sort of reason to be. Yes, yes. I like how you named that. I don't reject parts of life. I, but in that, when I was naming that, I was thinking, wow, if I was traveling somewhere, you know, going anywhere and, and all of a sudden something was, you know, really painful for me, you know, I know that I don't have to, (laughs) I can also remove myself. I'm not a martyr. I'm not I don't seek suffering any longer. I suffered very for, I deeply suffered in my mind, in the body. I'm really, (laughs) I am happy um, thriving and not surviving and suffering. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that. Been there, done that. Yeah. (laughs) Mm. Staying with the subject of love. What is to follow one's heart? And you talk about this in your books. Um, how do we know that we are not following our hearts? How do we know for sure? Mm, wow, I don't know. Huh? That's a great question. Um, I can only speak from my own experience. I, I would say I am, I am not an expert on life, but I am rather experienced in my own path, you know? So... Ooh, living from my heart. I, um, well, I know that when I was not grounded inside my body, when I was living from the neck up, I was definitely challenged to be a heart-centered person. Um, although I had moments of being in my heart, I know that these days, because I am more, uh, well, I'm a centered individual who's not hurrying usually, I'm grounded. I breathe more deeply and ooh, I can I can breathe and I can I can determine what my heart mm. wants to say right. to another person. I am living really a heart-centered life and I believe that that comes with healing, grounding, not rushing, the ability that I have to respond to people who need me. I I have a large capacity to serve others. It's not daily an unending supply of energy, but in any day I can accomplish a whole lot in service to other people. Um, yeah, into myself. So <laughs> 
you said many times rushing. And it's funny because that was the first thing I said to you when we got into this conversation, the call that I was rushing. Uh, so rushing, which is connected to anxiety, it's not good for the heart. Very interesting. Talk to me about embracing change. That is beautiful. And I wasn't that individual who felt that way for a very long time because I was in my perfectionism, my control, my, my, oh my gosh, don't change that. How, how could that change? How could that change? Why are you changing the plans on me? But, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm very happy that I've changed, (laughs) that I've changed because now um, I understand that change is simply the way of life. And that when I flow with change, I am much happier. Um, it even, it happens all the time. And even today it happened. Uh, well, the other day it happened that, well, I was supposed to go today to visit this couple with my partner, Michael, but Friday he decided he was going to visit his very ill and long lost father. And everything in me is so happy that he is having a reconnection with this long lost father who is ill. And so be it. I went to that home today, gave them hugs from Michael. He wasn't able to come to that brunch today. Um, but change, it really, it's the way of the world. I know that my book people were happy for me Thursday when my artist of design to shine volume one is going to do volume two. They said, we're happy and we need to think about this for the weekend. We're not sure we want to do this book with you. And I had that moment of, oh oh my God. And then it was like, oh, well, okay. If these, if my dear book people are ready not to do a book for me, there will be another amazing book person who can format my book for me. So like we are never, (laughs) like the world is filled with unlimited possibilities. That's right. So change, oh my gosh, bring it on. Yeah, I think embracing change, I recommend it. Oh yeah. Uh, Do you think that most of the... The way we suffer, it's connected to our attachment. I I would think that's a very good reason for suffering is attachment. Yeah, definitely. The, The not being attached. In fact, even my relationship with Michael, which is coming on two years, we are unattached. We don't live together at this moment. And we say that like, I don't need that man. But I love myself. I love him. And it is very fun to play in the unlimited sandbox <laughs> with <laughs> Michael. That's wonderful. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're playing in the field of all possibilities. And it, it's really very great. Yeah, what else causes suffering? I mean, I think um, it's our perception that we put on things also can cause suffering because as I understand events, they are neutral, but it's how we respond to them that can add suffering or add happiness. Right, and freedom. 
yeah, freedom, when things happen, you know, what are, how are you responding? How are we responding? When I became unattached to needing my books to go further, that was such a freedom inside me. Like, no, I simply love the world. (laughs) And I love, I know that I am, I've been given so many ideas of ways to support marketing these books so that people might find them so that they can be blessed by these if they are meant to be blessed by these. But being a person who names how many books are going forth in the world this year, and that is not me. I cannot name that because I am not attached to a certain number of these books yeah, I can't do it. I, I'm I'm an anti-business um, business <laughs> anti-business business person. Well, this is the business of the soul, <laughs> the spirit. It's just the exchange of energy, and that's beautiful. And we should be open to it. Yes, and all in all the exchanges with my books and with my who I am there. Absolutely, and that's very generous of you and, and anyone who <laughs> uh, get to this point of of clarity and then put out there and share whatever they have learned. It takes a lot of courage, but generosity. And also when we go back to that idea of unconditional love, now you just give because you have received enough. You have enough to give and that's it. You not expect anything in return, which is kind of hard to do in the world, uh, the relative world where we live. Uh, we need to pay bills and take care of ourselves and all that. Well, it, it, it is and it can be. And then what about that, that silly, that silly woman named Joy who was given this birth name Joy, who has never been in lack and who was a doctor's daughter who married a man who was a big earner, who was divorced from that man, who has enough money to pay my bills with ease so that I can be a highly generous person and that giving and receiving, I'm learning to do that more and more and more. Like I really listen to my heart about when to give my books away, when to receive money for my books. And it all works out just beautifully. And my books are going to prisoners Um, blessing prisoners, prisoners write to me. I have made the time to answer letters. So yeah, I think that I'm unbelievably grateful and appreciative that I'm blessing how I can. And today to talk with you, what a gift. Tell me about it. <laughs> what a gift to talk to you. Wow. It's life talking to life, the universe. Um, wow. I have so many questions for you. I think we have to do like part two. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> so would love that. We could. Right? Yeah, yeah, I want to schedule that. So many other questions I wanted to ask you. Okay. I have my final questions now. Um, the first one is about peace. What is to be peaceful? And how do we know the difference between peace and calm, if there is any? Wow. Your questions are so profound. Um, 
I wrote about peace in my first book a lot. Uh, well, an essay because when I was young, I didn't understand how can I be peaceful when there's a war over here and when my dad is yelling and slamming doors. How can I be peaceful? And then years later, I um, I studied the Course in Miracle, a Course in Miracles, which many have studied, learning that I could that peace is um it's an inside job it's not it's not that i have to wait for for everyone on the planet to become to stop having conflict for me to become peaceful i need to become peaceful and bring my peace here and that will help bless the world and i know that when i was in second grade i sang the song let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. I sang it with every fiber inside myself. I desired to become peace. And I have a peace, and it's Jesus. It's the peace of Jesus in my heart that enters the room before me. <laughs> wow. Hmm. Oh, I, I love that. Um, so in a way, ending conflict here will automatically end conflict there. Yeah, it, it starts with every single person. It's not the whole, all the drama on the earth is because of all the drama people believe needs to be on the earth. But when people change their understanding that if they could, <laughs> if they could heal into their own peace, it just ripples out and everyone, every peaceful person, it ripples, it echoes. And so I'm dropping my pebbles in that peaceful pond. Um, mm. Yeah. What was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself? Ooh, mm. Oh, I think there were so many. And the one that flashed up right away when you said that was when the secretary at the church um, in Ohio said to me, you are such a perfectionist. And I went home and I looked that up and I needed to dig inside myself and really look at myself, <laughs> really look at myself. And it was a pretty long journey, number of years to, I think I, re I have released perfectionism, layers of perfectionism for years. I, I was raised by a perfectionist mother who was being abused verbally by my father, and we were all being yelled at, and perfection was really, yeah, I think that might have been, and of course, my core wound that I named of that I didn't belong. I really think I was a poster child for separation, and that took five decades to heal. <laughs> to heal. <laughs> Well, yeah. time doesn't really exist, right? Yeah. And it's relative too. What is another word for healing? Ooh. Mm. Oh, joy. I think joy. I think <laughs> healing. <laughs> healing brings joy to me. Um, I know that when I shared a phone call with this dear soul that found me from a podcast um, a couple of weeks ago, and I was able to, with the God, presence in me, the Jesus, Jesus in me to heal that woman of her guilt. Oh my gosh, it brought her unbelievable joy. 
to not be holding that guilt any longer. And I think that healing is, healing does bring joy. Um, yeah. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, what would you do differently? No, thank you. But if I may have, um, I may have given away more money. Yeah. Oh. And yeah. <laughs> wow. And that was, that would be it, my joy. That's the only thing. I'm living a life I love. And if, if I was dying, you know, in three hours, oh, so be it. I would want to call and say goodbye to my sons. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. Do you believe in life after death? I believe in everness of life. Yeah. Eternal life that I'm going to live beyond this body, having this other energetic experience and time will tell if I come back into another body or not. That's how I think of it. Yeah. What are three things about life you know for sure as of today? <sighs> this is from the way of mastery that I am loved, loving, and lovable. Lovable. I know that. And that will be the three things. Three, three things that I am loved, loving, and lovable. <laughs> yeah. It has been a lovely <laughs> conversation, really. Thank you so much for your presence. Oh, thank you for yours and your question. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Thank you. That would be joyonyourshoulders.com. Very good. Thank you so much again, Joy. And I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, Valeria. Thank you. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye-bye. listening to learn more about joy reaser please visit her website joyonyourshoulders.com to learn more about this podcast please visit fitforjoy.org podcast I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Bickrock. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now.